Alright, go ahead and go to 2 Timothy tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2 is where we are going to begin tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And let's go, we'll go ahead and start reading right now. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says, Thou therefore, my son, endure hardness, or be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must first be partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I want you to notice, uh, first of all, notice, it says, you know, be strong in the grace. Okay? It mentions being strong. It mentions, uh, it talks about faithful men. Passing things on to faithful men. It says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Okay? Notice that. Notice it says, no man that warreth. Entangled himself. These are all strong words, aren't they? Okay. Does anybody, when you read the Bible, does it anywhere make it appear like just everything's a picnic in the Bible? No. It, we see that it's not. You know, no man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life. You know, because we want to pl- uh, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. Okay. Notice it says a soldier. It doesn't say a cheerleader or a spectator or anything like that. No, we've been called to be a soldier. And it says if a man strive for the masteries, okay? Striving, that you know, it implies a challenge there. Um, is he not uh, chronic? Except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth, okay? There's another word a lot of people in this country don't like. Laboring. Oh, it's, it's work. And you know, so, you know, you consider this. Think about this. So when, when you look at this passage here, when you see what the Bible says, uh, I mean, it's very clear that things aren't going to be easy in life. Okay, now let me ask you this too: While all this is talking to believers, do you, does anybody think that it's easier to be an unbeliever than a believer? And think of it: If it's this hard for us, it's going to be a lot harder for the world, isn't it? Okay, and so it says, uh, you know, the fact the Bible says in Proverbs says the way of a transgressor is hard. Okay, and I personally believe that we do have it easier than the world has it. You know, obviously we do have challenges as a Christian, but there are different challenges than the world. We have some challenges right now that we have to deal with uh, that make today a little bit hard, but it always makes our tomorrow easier. Okay, even if we get persecuted to the death. Well, who has the better eternity? Alright? Who's gonna have a harder time getting through eternity? Alright? The Christian or the lost person in hell? Okay? There's no contest there. And so as Christians, there's definitely plenty of things. Uh, the Bible is very clear that we're gonna have challenges. Uh, there, that there's gonna be difficulties. But one thing that we see through in the Bible is that Christians, we're not supposed to fear. Okay? We know all of the verse, you know, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. And of love and of a sound mind. So we all know that, but yet we see there is a lot of fear 
in the world today, we see a lot of fear going on in the world right now. Okay, if you've been watching the news, uh, you know we all have seen the videos of the people freaking out over the Trump presidency, and people, I mean, people are scared to death. I mean, people are terrified. Uh, you know what is going to happen to them now that Trump is the president, and a lot of the reason for that. You know, we have the number one terrorist organization in the world that we refer to as the news media. I mean, spreading terror is what they do. Spreading fear is what they do. And if you watch that, most people today when they watch the news, they think these people are being objective. They think they're being truthful because they're nice-looking people. But you know, those of us who have more than half a brain. Okay, we all know they're liars, and we know to take what they say with a grain of salt. I mean, we know you, know, you just can't trust these people, and so it's you know it, it's a little easier for us to see through that. But a lot of the world doesn't realize that. A lot of the world thinks, you know, because it's on television, it's legit. You know, and so um, I can see why the world fears. You know, has the fear the way they do. I mean, I heard stories about colleges, you know, canceling classes. Colleges, okay, not grade schools and kindergartens and stuff, but colleges. Okay, these are supposed to be adults in colleges, and they're canceling classes, and they're like having all these grief counselors and things to deal with all these college students because they're all, you know, don't know what they're going to do now that Trump's president. I mean, just absolutely panicking. That's ridiculous. Okay, I'm sorry that you know we are, this generation. You know, is a bunch of pathetic little wheat cupcakes that just can't handle anything, and they got to have a grief counselor because they didn't like who the president is. You know, they've been getting their, you know, the liberals they've been getting their way now for eight straight years, and you know, one little thing doesn't go their way. You know, and I got news for everybody: I don't think Trump's going to be that conservative of a president. You know, I, I really don't. I do think he's going to do some decent things. I think he's going to be better than Hillary would have been. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive about that. But I still don't think he's going to be that great. I think he's going to be pretty liberal. I think, you know, if this was a few years ago, 20 years ago, he would be a Democrat. I think if he would have been exactly who he is with his policies and just called himself a Democrat, I think we would see a different reaction on both sides. <laughs> okay? And so, uh, you know, but, I mean, look at just the fear that's going on. And it's ridiculous. And when we study the Bible, when you look at fear, we can find out the causes for fear. There is a reason people fear. There's a reason that the lost fear. There's a reason that Christians fear. And when we start, we all know we're not supposed to fear. We, all, we, know, it's, we, know, we know it's a sin to fear. We know that. But, uh, we, all, but it's, we do fear sometimes. And when we fear, fear is a direct result of some things. And I want us to look at some of those things. And first off, fear is a result of a lack of wisdom. Look at Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. I want you to take a look at what, uh, Proverbs chapter 1. And we, we talked about Proverbs a little bit this morning in Sunday school. But Proverbs, it's a father trying to pass on wisdom to his son. Okay, we we find we're supposed to find wisdom in the Word of God, and we can especially find it in the book of Proverbs. But if you don't have wisdom, you're going to have a lot of fear. And look what it says in verse twenty. It says, "Wisdom crieth without; she uttereth her voice in the streets." Okay, wisdom is wisdom's out there for whoever wants it. The Bible is clear on that. People who are not wise, they are not. It's their own fault. It's not because they were you know, born dumb or anything like that. Some people seem like they were just born dumb and don't have a chance. But no, wisdom is available. You don't have to have a high IQ. 
to be wise. It's there. It's available. It's crying out in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gate, in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? You know why people are dumb these days? It's because they want to be dumb. You know why they're simple or simple while they're unwise? Because they want to be unwise. Our country, we love to be lied to. We do. We love it. We eat it up. We we beg for it. When a politician does dare tell the truth, we attack them violently. When a politician does tell the truth about some things, what do they do? They start protesting and rioting and tearing things apart. Okay? And and you know, sometimes too, I've seen it when Obama's accidentally told the truth and the way the news media reacts. When he's just accidentally does it sometimes and they've attacked him. Okay? They hate truth. Why? I mean, people are simple and they love it. And wisdom saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That's the one fear that's okay. But they didn't choose that. Notice... It doesn't say they just didn't have it. People act like, you know, if you have wisdom, you're just lucky. No, if you don't have wisdom, it's because you rejected it. It's because you loved your simplicity. You didn't want to know. And it says, verse 30, they would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. Therefore, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of the fool shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Now, I personally believe this passage that we just read is a prophetic passage. I think it's talking, I think it's a prophetic passage to Israel, but I think it can be applied to really anybody. And notice how it talks about, you know, when destruction cometh as a world, when distress, anguish, it's talking about all these terrible things that are going to come. It talks about a time when people are going to call and God is not going to listen. Now, when is that time? That's actually a specific time. I mean, right now, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there is going to come a time where it's going to be too late. There is going to be a time when people have they've waited too long. And when is that? You know, and we're going to look at that time a little bit. But I do believe this is that's talking about a specific time. And I'm going to show you some passage about future events that is very sim- You know, there's a lot of similarities to what we see here. But the reason that people fear in this passage, talking about I'm going to, I'm going to you know, laugh at your calamity. I'm going to mock when your fear cometh. They fear is a result of a lack of wisdom. And nobody has an excuse for not having wisdom. People who don't have wisdom don't have it because they didn't want it. And you know what? Wisdom and experience, it teaches you things. Okay? You know, I'm, I thought Hillary was going to become the president. I didn't think Donald Trump was going to win. I, I didn't. I, I thought Hillary had it. But you know what? I wasn't 
I wasn't shaking in my boots. You know, I wasn't, you know, when, when we were watching the World Series, you know, my Chloe, she kept asking me, Dad, what are you going to do if the Cubs lose? And I just said, I'm going to go on with my life. <laughs> what, what are you going to do if they win? I'm going to go on with my life. <laughs> and, you know, what, what if Hillary would have won? I would have gone on with my life. You know, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to go on. And wisdom, it teaches you things like, this too shall pass. Think of, I remember all the doom and gloom that was supposed to happen if Obama got elected. I, I, rem- I remember that. I remember being pretty scared. I didn't have to go to a grief counselor. I didn't change my schedule the next day at all. I went on with my life. I did what I had to do. I did it disappointed. I did it worried about the future of America a little bit. But I went on with my life and, you know, and I, and I was fine. And I've been fine for the last eight years. I haven't gotten rich in the last eight years. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've been fine. You know, we're doing good. My family, we've all been able to eat and we're happy. We've, uh, you know, we're okay. But, you know, as a result of us surviving Obama, I wasn't that terrified of Hillary. You know, because you know, I've also learned, you know, not to put my faith in politicians. You know, I'm not now that Trump's in office or going to be in office instead of Hillary. I'm not kicking my heels and thinking everything's going to be great now because of Trump. I, I wouldn't dare give him credit for anything good that happens. I know it's of God, but you know what? That's wisdom that tells me that. You know, these young people, they've never experienced anything. They have no clue. They, they don't know history. Okay? This generation is ignorant when it comes to history. Absolutely ignorant. And then, you know, a lot of these people too that are just as ignorant as all get out with history, they're college students. You're in college and you're that dumb. I mean, what does that say about college today? It's just ridiculous, but they don't know history. They don't know all about all the past horror stories. I was watching a thing too, there's these videos. It was like the, you know the most uh, I forgot the word they used, but just extreme political ads from the past. And I was watching this one. It was an old black and white video. I forgot which president was. Have you ever seen it with the little girl kind of pulling the petals off the flowers, counting, and then all of a sudden she pulls the flowers up, and then there's like this nuclear bomb that goes off, and she sees this bomb go off. And basically, if we elected this one president, you know, we we're going to have nuclear war, and the country is going to blow up. And you know that that was way back. What, who was that? Barry Goldwater against, was it Johnson? Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah, Johnson, I think. I have. Did, did that happen? No, but they were trying to make people think it would happen. You know, I, I, I mean, there were, I mean, it, some of them were pretty funny. Just all the doom and gloom they were pronouncing if these people got elected and those things never happened. But I think that one was against Barry Goldwater, so maybe that worked. And then They did it against Reagan. Okay, so I said, well, maybe they would. Maybe we would have blown up if we'd have gotten Goldwater. <laughs> but uh, so maybe they were telling the truth in that ad. We'll never know. But I guess they tried against Reagan, and it didn't happen with him either. And but you know, scare tactics. Okay, we know both sides use scare tactics. So when we hear this stuff from the news media, people with wisdom, people with wisdom, when they hear this stuff, they brush it off. They go on. They don't get anxious. They don't get scared. They have wisdom. They know this is talk. We also know politicians rarely accomplish half what they say they're going to accomplish. I mean, remember President. I remember one of President Obama's speech right after he won the first time. You know, one of the things that he said. He's like saying all these things were going to happen, 
and the sea, he mentioned the sea levels were going to be lowered. What in the world? Now, did that happen? <laughs> no, it didn't happen. There was nothing he could have done. Nothing he could have done to make it happen. But they they promised all kinds of things. They promised the moon. I mean, they promised everything. I heard somebody talking now that Trump's in office. You know that we're going to be putting people on on the moon again, on asteroids, on Mars. I don't believe them. I, I don't. They're not going to do that. But boy, it's 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 big talk. You know, and I, you know, I'm not expecting. Too many things. I'm not. I'm not really expecting the wall. He might get it done, but I'm not expecting it. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a Muslim ban in this country. I don't think we're going to be deporting people. I, I don't think these things. Why? Because wisdom tells me politicians rarely do the things they say they're going to do. And so I'm definitely. While I might watch for some of these things, I'm definitely not going to be fearing it. Because wisdom, experience tells me I don't need to. And so people who fear, these people, you know, these little college students sitting in corners sucking their thumbs, you know, talking to their therapist, taking their prescription drugs, you know, or moving to California or Colorado, smoking their legal marijuana to help them cope, you know, they do those things because they have no wisdom. And they, until they get some wisdom, they're always going to be scared. They're always going to fall for that stuff. And you know, we can gain wisdom just by educating ourselves with history. Verse 22, you know, how long ye simple ones, we love simplicity. If we would just study some history, it would help us out. Just to, you know, see how things have gone on in the past, how events have unfolded. And, you know, a little bit of history. It would give us a lot of confidence. It would help us have a lot of wisdom. You know, we always say the one thing we always learn from history is that we never learn from history. Well, part of the reason for that is because we didn't know the history to begin with. And people, so they don't have wisdom. You know, we can, we can gain wisdom by learning from our mistakes. Okay, verse 23, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called and ye refuse. I have stretched out my hand and no man regard. But ye have said it not on my counsel with none of my reproof. Okay, that's a correction. We've got to learn from correction. God gives us correction. When we make mistakes, God doesn't just kill us right then. But sometimes He does punish us. Sometimes He reproves us in a way. And if we would learn from our mistakes, that's wisdom right there. So we're not making the same mistakes over and over and over again. I get, you know, I just get frustrated. Frustrated. There's some people I've known for years and years and years, and you know what? They've been having the same problems for years and years and years, and they just never, ever fix their problems. And you know, and you talk to them, and it's just like, you know, it's been going on for like 20 years. When are you going to fix this problem? You know, when are you going? You know, and. I'm only 35. I probably, I'm too young to be getting this way, but I'm already getting less and less tactful with people, and just you know, just getting tired. You know, just, just this week, you know, somebody somebody at work told me something that I knew it wasn't true. You know, and I and you know, I used to just be nice and be like, you know, just kind of go along, and but I just like that didn't happen. I just I said like, I said that did not happen, and I just told him I do not believe you. That didn't happen. He, he was kind of insulted, but I didn't believe him, and I'm, I'm losing my tact. I don't know, maybe the pastoring's doing it to me, but uh, you know, but I don't know. It's just 
I've been around long enough too. You know, you you can you can sniff out a lie. You know, you can tell when somebody's just you know feeding you baloney. But you know, we we need to learn from our mistakes. Ultimately, God's wrath and fear, like never before, is going to come on this earth because of man's stubbornness. Okay, I will laugh your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Why? Because you you wouldn't listen. You would not pay attention. And look at what it says in Luke chapter 21. I really believe that passage right there in Proverbs is a direct reference to um, the, the wrath of God, you know, God's wrath, the time when God pours His wrath out on this world. And look at what Luke chapter 21, verse 25 says. It says, And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations and perplexity, the sea waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. I believe that part where it talks about the sun and the moon. I believe that's a direct reference to the sun being dark and the moon turned to blood. I believe that's a direct reference to the sixth seal that happens there at the end of the tribulation. And after that, we know God pours His wrath out on this world. And it says in verse 27 or 28, and when they see these things, verse 27 is the rapture, and then 28, when they see these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Okay, and so we see there in that passage that there is that time that's coming where God is going to pour his wrath out on this world, and during that time, what does the Bible say? It says God will send them a strong delusion that they should be, believe a lie, that they might all be damned because they believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That day, you know, the Bible says right now, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. But that day is going to end. When Jesus Christ returns, it will be too late at that point. And there will be people, there are many references that we see in the Bible where it talks about, you know, the rich men of the earth, you know, hiding in the rocks and saying, fall on us, hide us from the face of the land. People are going to be terrified during that time. When Jesus Christ returns, it's not the secret rapture like all the movies do where everybody just disappears and nobody knows what happens. No, the Bible says every eye shall see Him. They also which pierced Him. And they are going to mourn for Him. Why? Because they know they are in trouble. They are in big trouble. And when that time comes, Jesus Christ, He's going to gather His elect from the four winds and the rest of them, it's too late. They're done. He will laugh at their calamity. He will mock when their fear cometh. And we see in this passage men's hearts failing them for fear. Why are they fearing? They had no wisdom. They did not learn. They did not receive correction. They were stubborn. And you know what? They're terrified. They literally are getting scared to death. Literally. And we're practically seeing that. I saw one video of a girl, she's like freaking out and screaming for them to call an ambulance because she's like hyperventilating. I mean, good night. You know what? That's a sign, that's a sign of a, a fool. A person with no wisdom at all to think that because, you know, thank God, our founding fathers, I'm telling you, the more I, I've been studying history, I, I was doing some reading on the Electoral College and why they do things that way. And I, I'm, I was reading this and I was so impressed with our founding fathers at just the foresight that they had. And, you know, we, it's, it is hard for a president right now to destroy this country. It really is. It's hard thanks to our Constitution and our founding fathers. Now, they're, they're slowly chipping away at it. 
Okay, they're slowly making progress in chipping away at it, and I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't think it's going to last forever, but you know what? It's lasted a long time, and it was because of some people who did have some wisdom. Some people that did have a vision, that did have an understanding of how things work, because they did know history. They did understand. They had learned from their mistakes. They did seek God's guidance. They sought wisdom. They used biblical principles. And we have had, our country has survived as long as it has for a reason. And we need to be careful that, you know, we, we, have to, we need to try to elect people that will help preserve that. We haven't been doing that for a long time. And it is. It's fragile right now. But we're still, we're still doing pretty good. And it's, it's thanks to, uh, I believe, you know, our Constitution and the laws we had set up. So, uh, you know, we're still in a position, you know, at this election when it could have went either way, and I still think we could have survived. I think, I think we, I think we'd have been okay. I think if Hillary would have got in four years from now, there is a good chance that we would not all be dead. <laughs> Why? Because you know, we we do have some checks and balances in place. They can't just you know. Now, if she could do whatever she wanted to do, I think we would all be dead. Would have been dead four years, okay? But I think there's enough safeguards in place. So we're losing those, and we always got to be watching. We always got to keep our eye on these people. We can't trust them. We absolutely cannot trust them. We need to hold them accountable. We need to be paying attention. I think we need to be involved, and we need to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, voting and things like that to make sure we get the best people in there. But at the same time, you know, my experience tells me I don't need to fear. I don't need to panic. And even if it does turn really bad, I don't need to fear. I don't need to be panicked because I, I know who's on the throne. Lost people don't know that. People, they, they don't understand that at all. But fear, we see, is a result of a poor relationship with God. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 16. Proverbs 3, verse 16, it says, Length of days are in her right hand, this is talking about wisdom, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath He established the heavens. By His knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. Then thou shalt walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Now, I don't know too, but it's talking about that desolation, that, that time that's coming. Could be a reference to what he was talking about before. Maybe what this is talking about. You know what? When things start really getting bad, okay. You know when you know tribulation comes, and you know what? Let's put our confidence in the Lord. Say, you know what? We know the Lord's getting us out of this thing. We know the Lord is going to deliver us. We don't need to be afraid of sudden fear. Okay. We don't need to be afraid of things that should be fearful, that the world would consider fearful. You know. I mean, isn't death something that we would all understand somebody fearing? But the Bible says don't do that. 
Just put, you know, put your confidence in the Lord. And but if you don't have a relationship with God, how are you supposed to do that? How in the world are you know we're you know we're looking at these people that are out there panicking and like you know what's wrong with them? Well, you know what they don't have a relationship with God, so why wouldn't they be panicking? Think about that. They don't understand truth. They don't know the Bible. They have no wisdom. They have none of these things. They have no relationship with God. They hate God. They should be panicking. I mean, think of it. If you don't have a relationship with God, you should be scared to death. I mean, you are one accident away from hell. Think about that. If you're lost and you are behind the wheel of a car, one bad decision by somebody else means you're in hell for all eternity. Think about it. You should be terrified if you're lost. And you know what? These people are terrified. Maybe that's why so many people are on drugs. Maybe that's why so many people have to go, you know, are talking to therapists and, you know, laying on psychiatrists' couches and all these things. Why? They're terrified because they have no relationship with God. We don't need to be afraid of sudden fear. We don't need to be afraid of the desolation of the wicked. We don't need to fear God's judgment. It's not for us. He's pulling us out of this world before He pours His wrath out. And we're going to put our confidence in the Lord. He will keep our foot from being taken. We cannot feel safe if we're not close to God. And our own efforts, we see they can't save us when evil comes. Verse 26, For the Lord shall be thy confidence, so keep thy foot from being taken. He keeps us from the evil. He keeps us safe. Our own efforts cannot protect us from evil. There are some things that you know, no matter what we do, you, 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 there's some things you can't prepare for. I'm all for being prepared, but you know what? There's earth, you know, earthquakes all the time. Another big one just happened in New Zealand. I saw on the news this morning. You know, what can you do to prepare for an earthquake? You know, tornadoes, you know, floods, uh, diseases. I mean, it's been a few months since we've been the news media has been panicking about any. You know, pandemics that are supposed to be going around. I think they've been too focused on the election. So, as soon as this excitement wears down, be ready for the new uh, disease scare. Okay, we're due for one. It's been several months. All right, I'm calling it right now. All right, it's just a matter. As soon as this, you know, Trump excitement calms down, we should all be getting ready to die from some pandemic. I don't know what it's going to be called, but uh, you know, they're going to be demanding. You know, telling everybody they need to get shots, and it's it's going to be absolutely stupid. You know what? When that happens. I'm not going to worry about a thing because I've already survived the bird flu, the swine flu, West Nile, Ebola. I've survived them all. I was supposed to die from every one of those things and I didn't. And you know what? Whatever one's coming up next, I'm going to survive. Watch, I'll actually get the next one now that I said that. But I'm not going to worry about it. I really am not. But our own efforts, even if it does happen, my efforts can't save me from it. And I definitely don't think the government's going to save me from it. So you know what? I'll put my trust in the Lord. If I get it, it's because He lets me get it. There's safety for a sheep that is near the shepherd. Psalms 23. Great passage of Scripture if you're afraid. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. And that's kind of where we're going to here in just, in just a little bit. But you all know Psalms 23. Great comforting passage and people who don't have the Lord as their shepherd, they do they have plenty to be scared about. 
And, and they will. They'll continue fearing all these things. The next thing the news media comes up, they'll fear. They'll be fearing the zombie apocalypse. They'll be fearing everything. They're, they're, they're going to be scared of everything. And uh, if I were you, uh, uh, I guess we shouldn't do this, but you know, if, if you want to know what a good investment would be, you know, prescription drugs. You know, just invest in these things so people are getting more and more psycho and they're always going to be in business and they're always going to do good and they are going to thrive. As this world gets more wicked, we are going to see more and more people on that stuff because they're going to be, they're going to be scared because they're not close to God. And so, fear, it's a result of putting confidence in man. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. Notice that the fear of man bringeth a snare. It's a trap. Don't be scared of men. Don't fall for the scare tactics. Don't fall for that. You know, I got, I got it. I kept getting these texts, and it was supposed to scare me, telling me not to vote for Tony McCombie because she's wanting to end, she's wanting to end abortion, and that was supposed to scare me. And it ticked me off. And I don't know if they got it, but I texted back, and I told them, I was like, if she's trying to end abortion, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for. Her. I don't vote for. I, and I said, I don't vote for baby killers, you animals. You know, that's what I said. I don't know if they got it, but it made me feel good texting it back to them. It was probably just a machine, but felt good saying it. They try to scare you with stuff. And you know what? I don't think she will end abortion. I hope she does. But I don't. I, once again, I know you can't expect politicians to live on promises. I thought George W. Bush was going to end abortion when he got in in 2000. I thought he was going to end it. He got in. We had a Republican House and Senate, and nothing happened. Why? He was too busy, you know, chasing Muslims around the world, and nothing got done, and everybody got so sick of that, we got eight years of Obama, and we lost all, we lost all kinds of freedom. And, you know, but I've learned, you don't trust them. That's why I'm, I, I'm, I'm not excited from anything that comes out of Washington, but I'm not scared either. But, but yeah, putting confidence in man will do it. Many seek the ruler's favor. Oh, I gotta get, I gotta get in good with the ruler. I gotta get in good with the president. I gotta get in good with the leaders. Why? Because I'm scared of what they're gonna do to me. We're seeing that with churches today, where churches are doing all these things, you know, trying to reach out to the leaders in the communities and stuff, and doing all these things where they're giving them all these awards when they haven't done anything, and they're honoring these people that aren't even Christians that stand for wicked things. Why are they doing that? They're trying to seek their favor. Why? Because they're scared of them. Oh, we don't want these people to, you know, try to take away our tax exempt status. You know, we don't want them to, you know, make laws that are going to hurt us. So let's let's have these people come to our church and let's give them all these honor and praise and you know show them how wonderful we are and they have nothing to fear. You know what? You really want to help your leaders out? Talk them into coming to your church and then just preach the devil out of them. You know, that's what they should be doing. But no, no, they're doing all this. I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think it's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. I I love our leaders. We pray for our leaders. We have them on our prayer list. Uh, but you know what? I'm I'm not going to bring them here and honor them and talk about what wonderful people they are if they're not. Okay, you know, we we don't do that. You know, we're not going to go around 
you know, trying to butter people up. We don't need to seek the ruler's favor. Our judgment comes from the Lord. If our town comes after us, you know what? God's letting them do it. God might be letting them do it to just to test us, to see what we're made out of. And if God wants us to get out of it, you know, he got, I mean, God could have a million reasons for letting that happen. Our judgment comes from the Lord. So you know what? I could care less about impressing our leaders. I'm not going to go out there and try to cause trouble. I don't try to stir things up. You know, we follow the rules, but we're not going to do what these other places are doing. I, I, I just think it makes you look like a wimp. I think it's cowardly, and I think it's wrong. And so, not going to do it. But you know, I do. I understand why. I understand why the world fears these people. I understand why atheists fear. I can understand why they're scared. I can understand why someone who's a Republican or a Democrat would fear. You know, we see that that verse, that last verse we read, where it says, uh, "An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked." Okay, we see that how with a, you know a Democrat is an abomination to a Republican, a Republican is an abomination to to a Democrat. They're scared to death of each other. Okay. And people like myself that are neither one, I look and I think, y'all are idiots. Y'all are just as bad. You're all on the same side. And it's, you know, it's a, you know, the world's made us real good at being scared of boogeymen. We've created a lot of boogeymen that, that are literally nothing, that are shadows, that are just, but boy, we, we let them scare us to death. And why do people do that? Because their confidence is in man. We, I mean, we all had fun watching all those Hillary supporters crying when they found out Donald Trump was going. That was funny. All right, I'm sorry, that was funny. And no matter what we look at it, I watched it. I watched it more than once, and I laughed really hard. I know that's wrong, but but I did it. But you know, at the same time, I thought, you know, how sad it is that these put people have put all their confidence in Hillary. Somebody that crooked and that corrupt. And then, you know what? Just as bad, you're watching all the Trump people just celebrating. They're like, oh, isn't this wonderful? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, things are a little bit better, but, you know, this is no reason to dance. Okay? We're still in trouble. Our country has a lot to answer for. And, if, you know, you all ought to be just, you know, we should all be on our faces praying before God. And so, you know what? You know, if. It's not as funny watching you know all the Trump people all excited and happy, but you know what? It was equally as ridiculous. Equally as ridiculous watching these people celebrate as it was the other people crying. What's wrong with both those sides? They put their confidence in man, and that's wrong. People who do that, they are going to have fear. Because what if something happens to that man? What if somebody assassinates Trump? Well, now all those other people are going to be crying. But you know what? I'm not going to be crying. My confidence isn't isn't in him. I don't want it to happen. But you know, my confidence isn't there. You know, it's it's possible for two different people to have two completely different points of view. So you know, and trying to find agreement with the world, it's never going to work. We don't need to be trying to do that. What we need to learn to do is to try to find agreement with the Lord. That's what we need to learn from Proverbs 29, 25 through 27. Just are we in agreement with the Lord? That's the important thing. That's what we ought to be worried about. But disobedience.
to the Word of God. This And this is the biggest one right here. This is the thing that is going to cause fear in your life. Whether you're saved or lost, disobedience to the Word of God will always bring fear. Look at Leviticus chapter 26, verse 36. It says, And upon them that are left alive of you, I will send a faintness into their hearts in the lands of their enemies, and the sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them. And they shall flee as fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when none pursueth. And they shall fall one upon another, as it were before a sword, when none pursueth. And ye shall have no power to stand before your enemies, and ye shall perish among the heathen, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up. You see what God said He's going to do? If they did not obey His words, if you go before that and you read, if God says, if you do not do what I tell you to do, if you do not have the land, keep my Sabbath. God, God, gave them that command to plant their fields for six years and then the seventh year they let it rest. And you know what? They never did that. For 70 Sabbath years, they never did it. And guess what God did? God did exactly what He said He was going to do. God sent an enemy to come along. An enemy that God could have easily beaten just like that. But you know what? God let that enemy defeat them. And He let them go into captivity for seven years so the land could rest and have their Sabbaths. And look at how God said, He's like, I mean, you all are going to be scared of nothing. You're going to be running like, I mean, a shaken leaf is going to chase you. Yeah, but wait a minute, that's not how God defeated them. God did send an army after them, but you know what? That army, compared to God, it was like a shaken leaf. God proved over and over again there was no army that Israel should have ever feared. Absolutely none. But you know what? They did get scared all the time when they were in disobedience to God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 65 says, And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest, but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. God gave them that. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night and shall have none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were even, and at the even thou shalt say, Would God it were morning, for the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, and for thy sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. God said He was going to do this to them. God puts that fear in their heart. When you are disobedient to the Word of God, when you go against His commands, God's not going to give you comfort. God is not, God is going to try to, He's going to try to shake you. He's going to try to get you turning back to Him, get you calling on Him. And look at the way He describes that fear that's in their heart. You know, and it seems kind of like the fear that's in people's hearts today. They do not need to be that scared. But they are. You know why? Because they have no fear of God. Their confidence is man. Our world is wicked. They are not being obedient to God. Psalms 111 verse 10 says, "...the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever." Right there, the ones who do His commandments. Proverbs 1.7, "...the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction." If The only one we need to fear is God. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. If we would fear Him, just like, right, am I keeping the commandments of God? That's the only thing we need to worry about, folks. Am I keeping the commandments of God? If you're keeping the commandments of God, you have nothing else to fear. Nothing. Nothing to fear. You don't need to be panicking. You don't need to be on drugs. You don't need to be doing what the rest of the world's doing. 
We have, if you're keeping the commandments, you're fine. Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The only kind of fear we should have is the fear of the Lord. If we have the fear of the Lord, we do not need to fear anything else. If I'm, if I'm being obedient to Christ and God's Word, I'm saved. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Does that mean man is not capable of doing anything to me? No, man's capable of doing. You know, I'm going to admit. You know, there's. I'd prefer to never go to prison. I, I, I don't like the idea of prison. There's, there's plenty of things out there that I don't want to happen to me. Okay, there, are, there are plenty of things that could happen. But you know what? I shouldn't sit around fearing those things. And, and I'm not fearing those things. And even if they do happen. I'm still not supposed to fear. Because I will not fear what man can do unto me. But what, what, what can man do? I can kill you. Okay. I'm in heaven. The Bible says not to fear him that can kill the body. Okay? We're supposed to fear the one that you know, has the power to cast our soul into hell. And the only one that can do that is Jesus Christ. And if we're saved, we're covered there. I can't go to hell. Nothing, nothing can make me go to hell. Fear is a result of things. It is a result of a lack of wisdom, a result of a poor relationship with God, putting confidence in man, and disobedience to the Word of God. If you are a person, you are full of fear. Okay, I'm not talking about... There's nothing wrong with being cautious. There's nothing wrong with having wisdom preparing for things. Okay, If you lock your doors at night, doesn't mean you're not right with God. Okay, If you have own firearms to protect yourself from dangers, that's just wisdom. We know there's things out there, but having that attitude, that spirit of fear, we don't need that. We, should, we shouldn't have that. I'm always going to be paying attention to what this world does. I'm going to always pay attention to what our government does. I know they're capable of some big things, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to fear I'm going to have that spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And if you'll do these things, you won't have to fear. You won't. You don't have to be one of those people everybody's laughing at on the internet right now. That could be you. That could be you. If you get away from God, you start disobeying the Word of God, you'll find yourself in a position, and one of these days somebody's going to have a camera on you when you're out crying in a corner and everybody's going to be looking at it laughing at it. And so, don't... Don't do that. We have no reason for fear. So with that, let's all stand together.